This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 86 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. Day one of the NBA playoffs is already in the books. The NBA bubble version. You can tell guys were focused. They were excited. They were just ready to get just a competitive basketball. The seeding games were amazing. The prelude to the NBA playoffs where we saw the Memphis Grizzlies, the Portland Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns. They prepared us for this moment. And day one, I must say, did not disappoint. And we will get into that breakdown, the box scores breakdown, what we saw happening in the first day of the NBA playoffs, man. We had some matchups between the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, we had Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jamal Murray, uh, Nikola Jokic. We had the Toronto Raptors versus the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. And finally, we ended up the day with the Clippers and the Mavericks as the primetime game. There was a few things that happened during those games. And of course, like I said, we're going to break those down. But before we get into all that, if you're here for the first time, I want to thank you so much for just taking a little bit of your time to listen to this podcast. We also want to thank you for listening to your friends and for all the advertising we've been doing so you can come to the podcast from those of you who have been there since day one. I appreciate the grand support you've been showing and I want to thank you so much for being here. We have just another amazing, exceptional episode prepared for you guys. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. If you already haven't hit the subscribe button, you already know what the deal is, man. Go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever your favorite platform is to listen to podcasts, and uh, you will get the future, the future episodes for this podcast. But of course, you can go back and listen to the archives as well, man. I'm just excited to get this episode going because there's a lot of numbers for us to talk about. Let's get it going, man. So without no further ado, let's just get right into it. With what are you talking about, bro? Huh? What are you talking about, man? What? (laughs) Bro, what are you talking about, man? What are we talking about today? Well, we had a four-game slate, which is amazing. It's amazing, man. If you're a basketball fan, you know how it is. If you had the privilege, like I do, still working from home, um, I was able to, you know, just have work on one screen and then have basketball on the TV. But <laughs> to be quite honest, I was watching more basketball than actual, actually working. But uh, the first game of the playoff, we were granted the wish of having the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. And to be quite frank, I didn't expect this game to be any good because the Utah Jazz was down Mike Conley, who left the bubble to be with his wife because they had a newborn baby. So um, I expected the Utah Jazz to be at a very slight disadvantage. And when I mean slight, it's because they have a superstar in the making in Donovan Mitchell. And of course, they have the two-time defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert and the reigning defensive player of the year. So in some senses, I thought this game would be quite competitive at the beginning but then later on i thought the denver nuggets would just run away with this game which they eventually did they end up winning the game 135 125 in overtime but let's talk about how they got there well the game started out a bit 
slow for the Denver Nuggets. So we're still trying to figure out the pick and roll game, just like you do in any playoff matchup or any game, any first game you play. That's pretty much as LeBron James has put it over this career. Game one is almost like the feel-out game. You try to figure out what players are doing, what coaching staff are doing, what, what they're trying to accomplish with their stars, with their role players, the rotations. You try to figure all those things out in the playoffs. Actually, you do these things at the end of the regular season you try to figure out who'll be well in your rotation but come playoff time you try to rotate and see what, who would fit best in certain situations because basketball unlike any other sport it is literally about the matchup and this game did not disappoint donovan mitchell these are the things that stood out in this game in particular donovan mitchell we all know he dropped 57 points which is the third highest in nba history in a playoff game behind michael jordan and elgin Baylor. michael jordan has 63 against the boston celtics and elgin Baylor had 61 versus the opponent i cannot remember at the moment but donovan mitchell put on a show but what was most important in the playoff it's the w you get in the box score even though the utah jazz lost this game it is quite important to understand the feat that donovan mitchell put up he set the utah jazz single game record for again 57 points he made 19 field goals which is also a record for the jazz 33 field goal attempts and 15 three-point attempts that's just the Utah Jazz single game record. And he's also the third player in NBA history to record 55.5 rebounds and five assists. Being in the category with Michael Jordan, who did it twice, and Rick Barry. And then we move over to the side of the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic. He had at least 20 points and 10 rebounds this game in each of the last. And also he had 20 and 10 in each of the last six postseasons. Guess what? No other Denver Nugget had a streak longer than three. So those are the records that happened in this game. But overall in this game, it was quite an interesting conundrum for the Utah Jazz. Because moving forward, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to defend Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic on the pick and roll. Even though Rudy Gobert is the defensive player of the year, there's only so much he can do. What are the guards going to do when Jamal Murray takes a pick on a wing, drives to the baseline, and keeps his dribble. It's reminiscent of Steve Nash. It's really reminiscent of Steve Nash. It reminds me of, you know, prime Steve Nash when he played for the Phoenix Suns. Every time on a pick and roll, he had a step back shooter. Three-pointer Jamal Murray is a very competent, very good three-point shooter. So how are the Utah Jazz going to defend it? Like, are they going to... Are they going to trap Jamal Murray, leaving Nikola Jokic with the ball for him to create? And that's also the conundrum for the Denver Nuggets. Are they going to trap Donovan Mitchell? Are they going to blitz him? Because there's also statistics that are quite important. Of the 99 pick and rolls that the Utah Jazz ran, the Denver Nuggets only blitz him on three of them the entire game. So that's why you can understand how Donovan Mitchell went off because they didn't really put too much attention to him per se they just let him get his and try to stop everyone else and in game one it worked so kudos to the denver nuggets for figuring out and you know <laughs> getting past the onslaught of donovan mitchell so right now the denver nuggets are up 1-0 on the utah jazz so we want to move on to the second game slated on uh, day one of the nba playoff that was between the toronto raptors and the brooklyn nets to be quite honest i didn't take a lot of notes during this game because i even tweeted 
after the first quarter this game was just over literally over <laughs> the toronto raptors were up at one point by 33 points so practically most of us just turned off the game but in my case i didn't necessarily turn it off i kind of muted it but i kept watching the score and in the second half the brooklyn nets made an amazing run i think they outscored the raptors i think it was uh 39 to 17 they cut the lead from 33 all the way down to 12 at one point they cut it to single digits but what stood out really this game was two things fred van vliet he's the first toronto raptor to have a 30 point game in a 10 assist game in franchise history so that's an accomplishment with all the players that came through that franchise tomorrow the rosen kyle lowry still there vince carter most notably tracy mcgrady none of them had a 30 point 30 30 and 10 games so you know kudos to fred van vliet for setting that raptors franchise record and it's quite amazing how him and kyle lowry being <laughs> under 6-2 that they're performing at this level it's not a surprise since we saw them play last year what they were able to do in the nba playoffs going into the nba finals and eventually winning the nba championship so that shouldn't be a surprise at all and the other thing that really stood out was the postseason record set by the toronto raptors by making 19 three-point field goals that's a lot of threes of course we know this nba is all about the three-point game you either get to the basket or you are a great three-point shooter most most nba teams are great three-point shooting teams so it's not a surprise that the raptors it's surprising that they set it in game one but nevertheless it's a record 19 three points three pointers made by the toronto raptors and the other thing i must note that i don't have here in my notes is that even though brooklyn and it looked like they might win one game. I would say the Toronto Raptors are just too great defensively. It's like an orchestra when you watch the Toronto Raptors defend. And the, the Brooklyn Nets were just overwhelmed. It was like a shock to their system. Anyone who plays the Toronto Raptors defense, it's a shock the first time. So kudos for the Nets for actually battling in this game because anybody else would have given up being down 33 points. And the, coach didn't, the coaches did not throw in the towel. They let them compete. So that was quite amazing to see that the brooklyn nets gave it a fight made it a game and moving forward into the series you'll give them a confidence to know that even though we start out bad if we put effort into this game we will be in striking distance at one point so the toronto raptors are up 1-0 in that playoff as we all predicted so after this quick commercial break we'll get into the last two games primetime games that were slated for day one in the nba bubble Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, you have a message you want to share to the world, or you think it would be fun to have your own sports show like I do for the Statman Sports Podcast, podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and is a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your own podcast. And since I have my podcast on Buzzsprout, is one of the easiest decisions i've ever had to make your show can be online it can be listed in all the major podcast directories like apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording so podcasting isn't that hard when you have the right partners and the team with buzzsprout is passionate at helping you succeed so i would encourage you to join the thousands of podcasters that are already online with buzzsprout and try to get your message out there let's create something great together welcome back if you're still here with us so we are going to continue on our recap of day one of the nba bubble with the final two games that were practically prime time games 
So game number one of primetime hour between the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers was quite a very interesting one. Not many things happened in this game that was quite surprising, but things happened that we kind of already knew. And I want to just quickly go over these things and talk about the one thing that particularly was something that was uh, quite mind-blowing the philadelphia 76ers were without ben simmons the primary playmaker so of course the thought in nba world was ben Sim oh, not ben simmons excuse me joel Embiid will have to now play like the superstar he claims to be the philadelphia 76ers have built this team around ben simmons and joel Embiid for the past two three four years and they brought in veteran players to help them move in into the eastern conference and to be quite frank it has been a disappointing past three seasons for the philadelphia 76ers so of course in this bubble where everything is neutral all you got to focus is on basketball it was quite disappointing that ben simmons had the surgery and he would not be able to play for the philadelphia 76 as well joel and bleed practically stepped up and in his statement after the game which the philadelphia 76ers lost 109 101 because well the boston celtics was just too much kemba walker finally healthy uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, Jalen Brown, and of course, superstar making Jason Tatum. They were just too much for the Sixers. The Sixers, for most of the game, they were going back and forth. They kept up. They ran. They they ran their they played sets very well. Boston couldn't do very much when Joel Embiid was in the post, but Joel Embiid just needs to do more. That is the task of a so-called superstar. You ought to do more. Yes, we understand that Ben Simmons is not there, but he has to do a little more. And again, it's not surprising that the Boston Celtics won this game, but Joel Embiid needs to be more assertive. More assertive. There was a sequence in the third quarter, I remember, where they were swinging, swinging the ball around the three-point line. They were looking for Joel Embiid. His man was face-guarding him. And Philadelphia jacked up, I think, jacked up three threes in a row. They came back down. Joel Embiid was quite frustrated because... The NBA today, again, we all know it's a three-point shooting league. But at the same time, if you have a big man that can be as dominant as Embiid, you need to get the ball down low. Exhibit A, Los Angeles Lakers between 2000 and 2002, when they won back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back NBA championship. You start from inside out. You have a big man that is dominant you start from the inside it'll make the game a lot easier for your three-point shooters it'll require the opposing defense to have to double that man people will be open those are mistakes that were made in game one but the good news is it is only game one it's a game as adjustments there's things you're going to do differently and expect the philadelphia 76ers to be even more competitive than they've been in game one the one thing that actually stood out very much in this game was the emergence again of Jason Tatum. He's the first and youngest Celtics player to have a 30 point and 10 rebound game in the first game. If I read that statistic correctly, which I have here in my notes, that's what it is. Jason Tatum scored 30 points, 30 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, and is the youngest Celtic at 22 years of age in a couple days to have Dick's box score. If you guys know basketball, which I know you do, all the legends that have passed through the Boston Garden, all the legends in that Boston Celtics franchise, for Jason Tatum to be the youngest, lets you know the type of player he is and in which company he will be for the rest of his career. So overall, the 76ers and the Celtics, I think is going to be a, a long series, a grind out series, and we will find out a lot 
about these young players on the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. Move on, finally, to the primetime game of day one. My pick for the NBA Finals, which happens to be the Los Angeles Clippers, which, by the way, I did happen to pick the Clippers and the Bucks going into the NBA Finals. The Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers eked out this game because <laughs> they, they did not look quite in rhythm. And that's the scary part. They haven't looked in rhythm the entire season. And yet, they're pulling out these wins. For the first time all season, for a long time, the, the Clippers had had their whole starting lineup played. The Clippers in such games are 20 and 4. So it's not a surprise that they won this game. But what was quite annoying and interesting is once again, the NBA referees are taking over games when they shouldn't. They literally changed an entire series, in my estimation, by throwing out Christoph Porzingis. Man, come on. We already know he picked up a technical foul in the first quarter for, you know, arguing a block call, which is actually a block. He swung his arms in NBA playoffs. Come on, man. Let, the, let it go. Why are we throwing out technicals? Why do we have to go by the book? And then the second technical, which he was trying to stand up for Luka Doncic, his teammate, he started the altercation and Steve Javi on the broadcast was trying to tell us like, well, he's the one that that alterated this altercation, meaning he made it worse, quote unquote. So therefore, they had to give him the technical. No, they didn't have to give him the second technical. What about discretion? What about knowing environment and situation? What about knowing player? If that was Michael Jordan, do you think they would have thrown him out? If that was LeBron James knowing he had the first technical, would they have thrown him out? So yeah, think about that. They want they probably most likely would not have done that. So to me, that was pretty bogus the explanation the NBA gave as to why Christoph Porzingis is not there. Look, I'm not a Clipper fan, I'm not a Maverick fan. Honestly, I don't care who wins the series because I am rooting for the Los Angeles Lakers to end up winning this championship. And I have different thoughts on that later on, a different segment on social media. But they need to do something about you know the referees giving more discretion especially in playoff game because throwing out a player at that crucial time in the game which the dallas mavericks had control of that game at that point changes the whole complexion of a series just imagine the dallas mavericks won game one the outlook on the entire series would have been different so enough of my rambling about the nba referees and christoph Porzingis getting thrown out what i want us to focus on and really talk about is the standout of luka Doncic. The Los Angeles Clippers have the, one of the best defenses in the NBA, if not the best defense in the NBA. Statistically, they actually do have the best defensive rating in the NBA behind the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. So they're pretty much out there. And in the first quarter, you can tell that Luka Doncic was a bit rattled. He didn't know what to do when Doc Rivers, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George were blitzing him. But it says more about Luka Doncic, the player, rather than the Clippers' defense, that after one quarter, he figured out what to do with the Clippers defense, and he practically carved them up. Luka Doncic became the first player ever in NBA history to score 40 points in an NBA debut, but he was also the second player in NBA history to have the second most turnovers in an NBA playoff game with 11. And also, he became the fourth player ever to record 40 points before turning 22 years old. And the Dallas Mavericks also shot an amazing 53% from the three-point line and still end up losing the game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Because the Clippers made the plays down the game. 
and that is something that we need to pay quite attention to because if Luke, if Luka Doncic is going to do everything by himself, potentially for seven games against the Los Angeles Clippers, even if they do get out the first round, the second round is going to be even taller task. After game one, you can see that Luka Doncic was quite exhausted. He set all these records, but practically he had to do it by himself. So it's not something that the Dallas Mavericks need to look forward to. I already, before the series started, I predicted the Los Angeles Clippers will win the series four to one or four to two, I believe, in my bracket. Um, it's just a bad matchup for the Dallas Mavericks. And I don't think they can sustain this type of effort, this type of three-point shooting against this Clippers defense. Yes, again, it's game one, it's a game of adjustments. Game one is not always going to be a pretty game. So the Los Angeles Clippers will figure out Luka Doncic at one point. But Luka Doncic is also going to get better this series as well. So I'm quite uh, intrigued and I'm quite ready to see what's going to happen for the next couple games in that series. So overall, let us just recap what we saw for day one in the NBA playoffs. The Denver Nuggets, the Toronto Raptors, and the Utah Jazz have set a single game postseason record for three-pointers. The Denver Nuggets hit 22, the Toronto Raptors hit 22, and the Utah Jazz hit 16. Again, it's a three-point shooting league now so it's not surprising that multiple teams are breaking their own postseason records as i mentioned before luka Doncic is the first player ever in nba history to score 40 points in the nba debut number three luka Doncic and donovan mitchell had 99 points combined that's the most points combined ever by two players in a single day in the postseason with 99 points. The other two players were Michael Jordan and Larry Bird on the same day, which are combined for 63 and 36, which makes up for 99 points, of course. Point number four overall that we gathered from day one in the NBA bubble, the Clippers are the best combobulated team in the bubble. A lot of people are picking them, including myself, to get to the NBA Finals, and some are picking them to win. I picked the Milwaukee Bucks to still beat them because the Milwaukee Bucks are just a better, well-oiled machine. Chemistry does matter when it comes to crunch time. Again, it's just game one. The playoff just started with the Clippers figured out with Montrezl Harrell coming back into the bubble with Lou Williams finally getting his groove with uh, Patrick Beverly finally getting healthy. So these are all questions that still needs to be answered in order for us to figure out what's going to happen in this postseason. But finally, moving to point number five overall of day one in this NBA bubble, the NBA is just in great hands. Like I mentioned multiple times, Jalen Brown, Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, TJ Warren. Now, all these guys, uh, Tyler Hero, all these guys are going to be the future of the NBA. And we saw day one the glimpse of what can happen when these guys are on a big stage for today's games as of this recording august 18 2020 we're going to have another slate of four games on tnt i want to close out the podcast just giving you these games slated for today at 1 30 p.m we're going to have the milwaukee bucks versus the orlando magic followed up by the miami heat and the indiana pacers at four o'clock and then at 6 30 p.m the oklahoma city thunder versus the houston rockets who will be without uh, Russell Westbrook so let's look out for that game as well it's going to be quite interesting to see what James Harden is going to cook up this game and at 9 p.m happens to be the prime time game the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Portland Trailblazers who happen to be the second hottest team 
in this bubble behind the Phoenix Suns who are not there anymore. We're going to see Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So that's the matchup we're looking forward to. I hope you guys enjoyed the recap of day one of the NBA playoff and we look forward to doing some more of this. Ah, we've come to the end of another episode. That was episode number 86 of the Statman Sports Podcast. I was so excited to talk about the NBA playoffs. And of course, you can tell by my voice as well. But before I let you guys go, if you would like to continue reading more on statistics and details about what we talk about in this episode, you can go on our website at statmanpodcast.com and also statmansportspodcast.com, which will redirect you to the same place and you can find all the information that we're looking for. Also, guys, you guys know we're an affiliate of ESPN. So ESPN Plus is offering subscription plus Disney Plus for $12.99 a month. Go on the link that we have set on the website and you can purchase ESPN Plus. Because of because of this pandemic, a lot of sports are moving over to ESPN Plus so it can be streamed more, so we can have more access to these things because the actual TV programmings are not showing everything that we would like to watch. So if you're interested in that, go to the website. You can sign up on our affiliate link as well for those of you who are enjoying these episodes and you would like to help us grow this podcast if you'd like to see certain segments certain topics to talk about you can leave those on social media you can comment on my personal page you can go to the podcast instagram and facebook page on uh, statman sports podcast and you can just leave your comments interact with us so we can give you what you are looking for so uh that's all we have for you today guys enjoy the rest of the nba playoffs we'll be back next week to to summarize and to talk about the, the occurrences of the past week and i can't wait to interact with you guys again but for right now statman signing out baby thanks for listening to the statman sports podcast see you next time 